You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, January 13th. My name, of course, is Javier Reyes, your host of this here Locked On Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show at LO underscore Padres or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's pronounced, or that's spelled, I should say, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Check me out on both of those accounts and send me any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. And I'll be trying to do my best to address those and maybe even answer some questions here on the show. Definitely going to be working on that mailbag. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Very cool, guys. Very cool. And for today's episode, uh, actually reaching backwards uh, a little bit, kind of backwards a little bit, since so much has been happy lately, concluding my chat with Gabrielle Starr of Locked on Red Sox. We started this a while ago, I think. It might have been actually a month ago at this point. I don't even know. And uh, we were talking about all these different things. We talked about Mitch Borla a little bit. And this was back before the offseason kind of started kicking up and heating up, as I feel like it has been lately, especially with the Mets and the White Sox signing Liam Hendricks the other day and uh, potential Tatis extension rumors. I don't know. I'm hoping. But uh, this this last part is actually a bit evergreen, so don't worry about like kind of having to go back and like retrace your steps or anything like that. It's actually a little bit evergreen. We talk a little bit about you know the universal DH and how where we feel like baseball is heading. So I just felt like it was a nice little little way to start the week of episodes. I think uh, stay tuned for the end of the podcast, guys. After my chat, where I'll tell you about some of the upcoming things we have. Because let me tell you, there's a lot and a special surprise one that I think you guys aren't exactly expecting. So stay tuned for that, guys. But until then, here we go. Ooh, man. Yeah. You know, we're doing a really good job at stretching out this podcast from starting from how to read for it, by the way. Kudos to us. I know. So we mentioned Nelson Cruz. Um, you obviously cover a National League team. What do you think about the DH situation or lack thereof happening right now in the National League? So I'm not going to lie to you. I don't necessarily have as unique of a take on this. I feel like... I think most of the baseball community, unless your name's, you know, Paul Francis Sullivan of Lockdown MLB, I think everyone's kind of mm-hmm. an, a fan of just let's have the universal DH. And I think that this being an issue really is emblematic of where baseball is, where it's it's kind of like it's just, you know, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, <laughs> but, um, you know, thinking because I think some people are like, oh, I want to see the pitchers hit. Right. There's a novelty factor to it. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. I am one of those people, Javi. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Well, trust me. You oh, don't. no. But see, I don't. OK, I, I'll interject for a second since you go brought ahead, it go up. Ahead. All I'm going to say is. I'm all for pitchers hitting if they want to hit. I think that there should be an option. I think mm-hmm. that if a pitcher wants to hit, they should be allowed to hit. They should also be allowed to bring in a DH and still have the pitcher continue in the game. If someone like uh, Zach Greinke, who likes to hit and hits bombs, if Greinke wants to hit, let him hit. If someone like Eduardo Rodriguez does not want to hit, he like has self-professed himself to be one of the worst hitters in baseball, our, our dear pitcher. You can bring in someone like Hunter Renfro as the DH, and Erod can still continue pitching. I think that's like a fair in-between, so that you do still have a little bit of a uniqueness that 
pitchers who want to hit can hit because a lot of these guys came up, you know, pitching and playing other positions. Like Mitch Moreland came up as a pitcher. Now he's a gold glove first baseman. Speaking of people that your team threw away. All right. It's first shot of the podcast. I deserved it. I allow, I'll allow it. But I, I, I one shot. you like seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven to one. Uh, hopefully this isn't like that Germany World Cup. I don't know what I'm saying now. Um, look, I think that I think that with this whole situation, it's yeah, it's a choice thing. But my other thing is like, you know, how many pitchers actually can? Don't get me wrong. Everybody wants to. Yeah, I'd love to go play baseball right now. Can I? No, not really. Am I very good at it? For Well, for one, just the situation we're in the world. But also, yeah, I'm not very good at it. So I can't just go out and, you know, hit. If I could just play third. Gabby, I don't know knew about this about me. Third and left field. I was a pretty good defensive stud, man. Let me tell you. I had like four outfield assists when I last played. It was it was good, man. I, I was pretty good at a play left in particular. But anyway, um, I just find it. They all bat like 130. Like, what are we doing? Like, I've never understood this this clinging to this notion. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have an Otani type and, you know, like you have one of those those unicorns, yeah, sure. Make it that you can use them and they could still go out and pitch the next inning if you happen to be so lucky to have a player like that, right? Uh, maybe And then maybe that starts becoming a thing where baseball players and pitchers, they start working at both because then, you know, they know they'll get more money because they know that they're a two-way player type of thing. That'd be fine. That's fine with me, right? But for the most part, you kind of are what your position is. And I don't I know people would always be like, Oh, Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, sure, what the heck? Throw him in the home run derby. We'll see him hit like three home runs and then people could put this to rest. But I just think in general, this is not an idea that makes sense. It's a lot more interesting to have a variety and to assemble your team in a different way where it's like, hey, maybe this guy isn't a great defensive player. Maybe let's put him at DH tonight. Or maybe this guy just needs a day off. We could put you can move your lineup in a more strategic way, at least I think, than being like Oh, there's strategy when the pitcher comes up. No, the strategy is like he gets he has to bunt. Wow, wow, amazing! So, like, <laughs> what an amazing arc for this little storyline that we have in this at bat that's upcoming. It's it's not fun, right? Yes, obviously, I would love to see what it looks like for you know we brought him up before. Yeah, I would love to see what it looks like when Trevor Bauer bats. But then guess what happens? I've seen it before. You're like, all right, cool, that was fun, and then you start realizing actually, I had a lot be a lot more excited if Fred Wheeler Reyes was batting right now or in the case of a Kurt member of the Padres you know Tommy Fab, whatever I'd be a lot more interested because I feel like I might get some offense out of that instead of a guy who's just going to swing at three pitches that go 87 miles an hour right down the middle and they can't hit them so that's really my whole thoughts on it yeah no I, I agree I totally I totally <laughs> agree I mean I think it messes up the strategy I mean think about it this way you got you got the bases loaded two outs and it's like the fourth inning and you got Blake Snell coming up to bat and he has to hit because you don't want to take him out of the game, but you're also the Rays and you've somehow managed to load the bases. I mean, any year besides this one, obviously. And all of a sudden you're Kevin Cash and you're left with, oh my God, <laughs> speaking of Kevin Cash and terrible pitching decisions, like, are you going to pull your incredible Cy Young starter or are you going to let him hit? with two outs and the base is loaded, knowing that the pitcher knows that Blake Snell cannot, will not fare as well on the other end of a pitch as he would throwing the pitch himself. Like it's stuff like that. It it messes with the flow of the game to let a pitcher who is blatantly terrible at hitting hit. But I would say that for guys who want to hit, like 
don't take it away from them altogether. Make it a choice. It still makes the game unique. It still makes it fun. It actually makes mm-hmm. it more fun to see a guy like Zach Greinke hit a home run because it's so unexpected. So I don't want to lose that little spark, but I will say that I think that there should be a happy medium of not forcing guys who are terrible hitters to hit. Whoa, 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 just a second, guys. I got to talk to you about something really important. We got all the NFL playoffs kicking off. We got the NBA season, at least for now, you know, underway and all that stuff. And when it comes to all my gambling homies, you know, maybe I'm not much of a gambler myself, but I know, I know one thing for sure, guys. It's that there's only one place, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. You know, like I said, I'm not much of a gale or myself, but just look at the NFL playoffs this weekend, which I, even though I don't necessarily love the games and there's not much that I consider like a must, must watch, I'm still going to be watching like a hopeless you know, hopeless lunatic, I guess you could say. Uh, but I will say just one thing. Uh, the Browns are currently plus 10 against the Chiefs. I actually think that line is a little bit high. Look, here's my thing. I think that the Chiefs this year are very good. Do not get me wrong. They probably still are the best team in football. Uh, just because they haven't blown out anybody doesn't mean they're not necessarily like the best. But still, they haven't blown out anybody. And if you're betting the spread, maybe. I don't know. I don't know too much. But maybe I'd look into that. The Browns really have a nice run game. Uh, and they don't really ask Baker to do too much, which is, I think, good for him right now at this point in his career so I don't think they're going to necessarily get killed by the Chiefs hey the only teams that the Chiefs have really killed are the ones that are really really bad like the Jets so I would look into that guys but here's the thing just don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and now guys we're talking about one of my favorite things in the world that is right guys the best tasting protein bar ever that is built bar and here's the thing, guys. I've talked about it before. Look, yes, we already know. Yeah, well, okay, okay, right. You said it plenty of times, man. We get it. Soft and easy to chew. Covered in 100% chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We get it. It's a protein bar. But here's the thing. What you might not understand is the great variety of flavor is what makes Built Bar, in my opinion, just one of my favorite protein bars out there. They have 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, peanut butter, brownie? Are you kidding me? Did you hear all those flavors? It sounds delicious. I particularly, one of my favorites is the banana bread flavor. And on top of that, guys, if that all didn't get you hungry, then check this out. They've got six amazing new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Mm-mm-mm, ladies and gentlemen, that sounds yummy, yummy, yummy. And on top of all that, I've been talking about how yummy these things are. They are protein bars, like I said, so they're healthy for you. They're great for the keto diet, thanks to high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and a very low amount of calories very cool stuff guys go to builtbart.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order that is promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com yeah it's just and i think what's interesting is you know obviously everyone talks about the some conspiracies and i am a conspiracy but it's just like the league-wide initiative to keep payroll and stuff like that down and you limit the market for guys like nelson cruz to only 15 teams now essentially if you do this and it's very what I find the most repulsive of all of this in terms of it just being because we're talking about it now because it's always been a discussion topic for sure. But just that apparently by all accounts that they're going to there's not going to be a universal DH next year that for baseball to t- come away from this season and for them to be like, yeah, let's keep the expanded playoff pool, but then let's get rid of the DH thing. It really encapsulates fully 
it's a great summation of where baseball's headspace is right now. Adding more teams that are terrible. No offense to the Marlins. They're, I mean, they weren't the worst team ever, but they weren't very good. In any other year, that team is not going the distance and winning a playoff game. And you're just taking away from the, the general need to be excellent in baseball in order to make the playoffs. But then they're like, oh, but we can just allow the DH thing to not come back. Like if there was any one rule, like did you hear a single per- person complain? That's what's always funny to me about baseball, at least in, in my experience, when I'm old enough to remember when instituting the challenge rule was like, it was like super controversial. And then that one Detroit pitcher kind of started bringing back, I forgot his name. Uh, I know the umpire, Jim Joyce, the, the famous like uh, called safe, right? At first, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah. Um, that kind of like leapfrogs, you know, you know, slingshotted the, the conversation back into the fold. And then we ends up getting it instituted for just judging home runs. And now we have it for all plays. Guess what? There hasn't been a single person who's been complaining about it. I guess what guys breaking news. It doesn't matter how long the games are. What matters is how long the season is. I don't know why people think if that matters. Nobody wants to watch 160 games of baseball, but anyway, I don't want to get too far into that. I think that that really shows where baseball's headspace is at. Add more teams, even if they're bad, just so we could get more money from playoff games. And then take away the DH because reasons. That's basically where baseball's at right now. They never do what people want them to do. They Mm -hmm. do what they think is going to make them the most money. At some point, you would think that they would have been like, you know what, let's let's do X Mm -hmm. this year. Like before, they always do it like five years too late. You know what I mean? They never do it when people are actually calling for it, right? And and like you said with basketball, basketball's even if I'm not mistaken, they're trying that like play-in tournament thing. I think this year, like cool, like they're actually like trying things that people have been asking for. They they like go for it. Well, baseball, it's like they can't even hide their their greed and their their willing their uh, I don't I don't know the correct word for it, but their their singular interest in just caring about what makes them the most money versus what can prolong their sport, what can make their sport appeal to more people and whatnot. That's just, it's never been the way that they think. They're a very conservative leaning sport that just isn't into trying new things, despite the fact that you aren't what you used to be. You are not the dominant uh, sport of the country, not even close. That's, that's basketball and football, you know, heck other sports might be dominating over that, you know? So it's just very sad to see that baseball is just full of a bunch of people that seemingly just, only see a set of business and they don't even have like a 5% of them that is like, yeah, actually I like baseball. You know, they don't even have a tiny bit of themselves that is just like, I actually, uh, it's a business, but also a big baseball fan. There's, you got to have more people like Steve Cohen, not to give the guy so much credit because I don't know about you, Gabrielle, but just for me, just a lot of the Steve Cohen hype is I get it, but it's also like, wow, that's how little he had to do. Like imagine how bad of an order you have to be. All the Mets fans are jazzed and excited about their team again. And basically the guy was just like, let's spend money. Like that's all it took. You know what I mean? It doesn't take much. Well, the standards are so low across Mm -hmm. baseball now. I mean, you even see it like with Red Sox fans, even myself. I'm like, I wish Steve Cohen would buy the Red Sox because it's like literally the basic idea that cares what fans think. Like it's kind of like all those, all those um, TikToks of like, you know, girls being like, Oh my God, my boyfriend's so amazing he brought me a fork from the kitchen when I asked him to. And it's like, really, that's your, <laughs> your standard for rom- for like relationships at this point. Like people in every facet of the world now, our expectations are just so low because we mm-hmm. just don't set expe- expectations for anything anymore. And so there's no expectations that need to be met. So the same thing with baseball. Absolutely. I mean, I remember 
two years ago, I think it was, the Dodgers announced that they were banning plastic straws at the stadium. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's great. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. That's an actually, that's a good move. But your ballpark is still so expensive that so many Dodgers fans can't afford to get into it. Mm -hmm. So maybe you should focus on that first. Like they just, they never, they never do the thing that they should be doing you know like they're always like why don't we like every possible like you said every possible thing that they can do before they do that they're gonna do they're gonna try everything that they can before doing the thing that they should have done yeah i mean it don't you ever and i don't like to be that guy who's like look if i were the commissioner it would be the but i have to admit man with fixing baseball i really think that there's a lot of people that could do better in terms of making the game more marketable making the game more exciting making the game more progressive in the sense that it's just it's willing to try new things i mean it's not a great sign that i feel like the most progressive thing baseball has done in terms of the actual way the game is played is replay which congratulations on joining every other sport literally in the world and then for i guess the home run derby change that they made that one year which was really cool i that was actually like Shout out to you, baseball. You actually made the whole Red Derby a little bit better because it was actually low-key kind of not all that interesting before that. But then they were like, oh, let's make it kind of a little bit faster paced. And I, I actually enjoy it now whenever I see it. And, you know, if we had a home run derby this year, I would have loved to see my just beautiful electric son, Fernando Tatis, just doing his thing. But, you know, that's where we're at. I mean, I think we could talk about this for hours, but I think the last thing that I'll say before we kind of wrap up on this is just – it's exactly that, that the, the people who run baseball aren't baseball fans. So they don't seem to care like what actual real people want. Like, when do you think is the last time that Rob Manfred went to a baseball game for fun ever? Oh, we made it a while without saying his name. I know we did. We did. We really did. This is, this is impressive for me, but I, I mean, my point being that I think that every front office should have like, a fan representative or just like someone to give a real fans perspective because none of these people do anything that actually like is what fans want to do. And I'm not talking about things like, you know, every million people last winter replying to everything the Red Sox tweeted with like re-sign Mookie Betts, like extend Mookie Betts. Like that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like people just giving them people giving billionaires and multimillionaires you know, and successful higher ups in front offices, the perspective of like a normal person with two or three kids who can't even afford to go to one ball game in a 162 game season. That is like, that's the perspective you need in baseball. You need the perspective of people who love the game so much that they want to take their kids and they can't afford it. And those are the kind of voices that people should be listening to and uplifting because those are the people that could keep baseball going into the next generation but they're being priced out they're not being listened to even though you have twitter which is literally free market research on your product they don't listen to it Mm. so nothing's going to change like as long as the same people are in charge of baseball and just getting shuffled around from team to team like i respect theo epstein so much for how transparent he was when he left the cubs saying that he knows that some of his own business practices have brought yeah. baseball to the point it's at today. Like I so much respect for that because he started out as a GM when he was 28 years old and yeah, Very he did interesting comments part of the him, problem. Yeah. yeah. His comments about analytics and 
while it did help them, a very self-aware comments from Theo Epstein. I was, I was, I was very surprised at him being not taking a shot at analytics. Let's not, I'm not saying it like that, but being very like, you know, I do wonder sometimes with culturally, you know, in terms of just being an entertainment product, did I make the game a little bit worse? And I think it's, it's cool that at least we have people like that thinking about it. And yeah, I absolutely would have loved if more people who thought that way were in charge of baseball. Yeah. I, I think that Theo would make a great commissioner for that exact reason that he actually loves the game. And I know that as much as I love the game, I do my best not to financially contribute to the game. You know, Mm -hmm. I thankfully don't have to buy tickets. I don't shop at the Red Sox team store. I don't pay for MLB TV or Nesson. So Mm -hmm. I'm not financially complicit in the way that MLB is treating its fans. And that makes me really happy because they don't deserve any of our money when they don't treat fans the way that they deserve. Um, And to say one more thing about the Red Sox, you know, this whole Hunter Renfro signing, a lot of the questions like we discussed is what does it mean for Jackie Bradley Jr.? And I was talking to a friend of mine in the Boston media today about it. And he was saying how he doesn't think that JBJ is going to come back. And I'm like, you know what? We've been hearing this for years now. You know, we've been hearing for years that, you know, he was on the trade, like every year, pretty much he's on the trading block at the deadline and he's not traded. Um, and then of course it was, you know, is, are they going to try to sign him as a free agent? What's the deal for this winner? And, you know, every single time the Red Sox kind of posture and they, they kind of try to feed us this line of like, we love him. We want him here for a long time where he's still on our radar, et cetera. And I'm like, you know what, if you don't want to keep him, I would rather you just say we're grateful for everything jbj has done for us we're really proud that we drafted him and that he came up through our system and emerged as one of the greatest defensive center fielders in our in our history and we really wish him the best of luck and i know that's a business and i know that that's not how business works but i just you know especially in a city that has fans as dialed in as boston fans it's insulting because we know that it's a line of crap (laughs) And they're still trying to feed it to us anyway. And it just shows you a shift in their priorities of like, they think that winning four championships here gives them a free pass for how they conduct their business in all aspects of the, of the business, you know, that they can just lie all the time and they can just talk to fans as if they're stupid. And I don't think that's fair. I don't, I don't like this idea that the people who love baseball so much are the ones who are consistently getting spurned by the people who run baseball. I, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. Enough. I mean, well said. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well said. I don't know what else to say. It's add to it. It's just, that's kind of where the game is at right now, you know? And zippity zap do boy bingo. <laughs> we are done with my chat that took multiple weeks to get through with Gabrielle Starr of Locked on Red Sox. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Before we talk about some upcoming things for this podcast first, I got to tell you, you know, betting on this Brad's game that I alluded to over the break doesn't have to, you know, betting on any games. Let's be honest. Betting on any games, betting on any football games, any basketball games. I know that they're being overtaken by COVID-19 right now. Literally just got an alert that the Suns-Hawks game for tonight uh, it got postponed. But uh, it doesn't have have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by Yo Boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. 
get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Those guys have been on the money. Don't necessarily listen to my personal opinions on how to gamble because I'm not a big time uh, betting expert, but these guys are really good and they're really on point a lot of times. I mean, they're, they're, they're hit rate. I mean, it, it's Tatis Jr. level hit rate. You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's how up there it is. So really exciting podcast, a new network initiative uh, that you guys should check out. I really recommend that. I genuinely do. Uh, but in terms of my podcast, guys, of course, you know, I'm going to recommend some episodes. But the episodes that are not out yet and are coming in the future for the rest of this week, I believe what I'm going to do is post my chat with Jeff Carr of Locked On Cleveland Indians because we never talked over the summer back about the Mike Clevenger trade. And I thought it would be really fun to to share this one. We had this chat uh, like a couple weeks ago, back when the Darvish and all the, you know, AJ Peller declared war on the league. Uh, and we talked about Mike Clevenger a whole bunch, you know, what that perspective. And we got the Indians perspective of that deal. And I thought it was really informative. And I thought it was really fun talking about the deal. Now that Clevenger's hurt, for the rest of the year and like kind of retro retroactively looking back at that deal. So I thought that was really cool. So stay tuned for those two parts uh, coming up for the rest of this week. And for next week, uh, it's going to be a whole grab bag. There's a lot of things I'm going to be talking about. Before we get right back into the top 20 plays, top 20 moments, I should say, of the 2020 Padres, I want to talk to Stacey Gatsoulias. We did our podcast on the CC Sabathia documentary, a little movie kind of baseball stuff uh, to throw in the mix that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. And sharing a little bit more news right after we officially record it with the special guest that I'll share with you guys a little bit later towards the end of the week. But also, Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks. We talk and nerd the heck out about all things baseball. That's coming up in the future. I really think you guys are going to enjoy that one. Um... I just did a chat with Josh Neighbors of Lockdown Nationals, where we go on all sorts of tangents, and uh, that's coming up in the future. But really, guys, don't worry. That top 20 moments of the top 20 season will be back, and I can't wait to finish it and go over that and compile the old list together. I'm really excited about that. Uh, But there's a lot to get through. There's a lot to get through. There's probably some podcasts that I have in the bank right now that I forgot to tell you about. But with that all being said, guys, that all about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever you get them, man, just search it up on the old search bar. And if you don't mind while you're at it, if you're on Apple Podcasts, you could send me some five-star reviews. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Some good vibes and good stars to start off 2021. Remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.